0: what me? Feel jealous? No, I'm a good, noble, high-minded, nice person. I don't have a jealous bone in my body. I would never. Okay, come on, let's get real. We've all felt jealous of something or someone at some point in our lives. But actually, it's hard to admit it, isn't it? Because I think when it comes to jealousy, there are a couple of layers going on. Firstly, it's not a positive or uplifting feeling. To acknowledge jealousy can feel like acknowledging a personal deficit, like it's a flaw to feel jealous, right? And maybe that possibly then triggers shame, insecurity, perhaps even guilt. And then on top of that, what do you do with the jealousy? Do you suppress it? Do you act on it? Do you scream into a pillow? I have a hunch there are healthier ways to respond to jealousy, and I would love to know what you think about jealousy, acknowledging it, feeling it, working through it. What what triggers your feelings of jealousy? How has it affected your relationships? And have you ever been on the receiving end of behavior that was caused by jealousy? Joining me is Tamara Cavanet, a clinical psychologist, and she's helped lots of people work through feelings of jealousy. Tamara, welcome back to Life Matters. Thanks for having me, Beverly. I think this is just such an interesting topic. Um, I guess, first of all, let's start with some definitions.
1: How would you define jealousy and how is it different from envy? So, envy is usually when you want something into the future. So, you know, you're wanting that shiny car, you're wanting that promotion or that job. Jealousy is more when you're trying to protect something that you already have. So, the most common one that people think of is when you're jealous within a relationship, when you're trying to protect that partner from not um, wandering off or ending the relationship. Right.
0: Okay. That's very interesting. Protection versus uh, desiring something in the future. And you mentioned relationships there. Are there different types of jealousy? For example, the relationship one that you mentioned, romantic relationship, versus jealousy maybe triggered by sibling rivalry or comparing yourself to others?
1: There certainly are. So, you know, a, you know, it's all the same emotion, but at the end of the day, it's what context you experience it. So some people feel it in their relationship. Some people will feel it with siblings, you know, and other people will feel it in the workplace or in something else that's going on for them. So it's really individual as to what context. And is it important to understand
0: these distinctions and the context as we try to discuss and understand what triggers jealousy and our reactions
1: to it? I think it can be because it can really highlight things that you're either insecure over, um, things that you need to develop. And so knowing how you experience it and what triggers it can actually allow for a lot of personal growth. Mm.
0: Now, up top at the beginning of the show, I shared my thesis, which is that I think even admitting to feeling jealous can be a hurdle because it feels like we shouldn't, we should be good people and we shouldn't feel that way, right? It can be perceived as a character flaw. And that might make it hard to step back and, and like go on that journey of figuring out what to do about feeling jealous. What do you think? Does that resonate with your clinical experience?
1: It completely resonates. I have a lot of people who will come to me and they feel quite ashamed that they're even experiencing the emotion, which is, You know, as a psychologist, that's just the opposite because we expect people to feel jealousy. It's something that motivates you to make behavior change. It can allow for personal growth. has all these positive sides. But people are very shameful of the emotion. They feel that it's something that they shouldn't feel and they're very judgmental of it. So, you know, we do have this whole social expectation that you shouldn't experience it. Yeah, that's so interesting being
0: judgmental of our own feelings. That just makes it really hard, doesn't it? (laughs)
1: We certainly are. I think it's probably one thing that psychologists are often working with people on is to just actually allow an emotion to be there without trying to push it away and tell it that it's wrong for its existence.
0: I wonder what you think about this text that's come in, uh, Tamara. It's from Heather on the Gold Coast. And Heather says, Maybe because I'm autistic, I've never felt jealousy ever in my 60-odd years. I find it incredibly uh, a stupid and damaging emotion. For example, I'm not really good friends of of other genders and sexual orientations, including two of my ex-husbands and lesbian friends. But their partners have so many times been jealous which has basically destroyed friendships for which I value more than romances. Um, yes, a, quite a lot going on there, but it's uh, Heather points out that jealousy or recognising that feeling is not the same across the board, is it?
1: No, I, and people experience emotions differently and also how connected and aware they are can actually be different for different people too. So, I mean, she talked a lot about some of the sort of negative sides of jealousy and they certainly exist, but there is also a positive side. So it can motivate you to self-improve. It can make you appreciate people more. You know, it, it has other things that are quite positive. So, which is why I guess I'm not against the emotion itself. It's
0: not the emotion. It's how you react to that emotion, right?
1: Exactly. It's what you do with it rather than actually just having the feeling. Okay. So you said there's some positive
0: aspects to jealousy. We're talking about the reactions, the feeling, and then the reaction to the feeling. Is there ever an evolutionary basis for jealousy?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, if you think about it, it's what creates some motivation to do some very protective behaviors. So it can make you take better care of your relationship with someone. It can help you identify areas that you're insecure in, So it does have a very protective factor. So, you know, if you think about people, it makes you put a little bit more into your relationships at times.
0: Mm. I mean, that's a best case scenario, though, isn't it? That we will think, ah, what positive can come from this feeling of jealousy? That's not entirely how it works out, though, uh, normally in many situations, is it, Tamara?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, it can destroy relationships. It can be something that people become very obsessive about. So it does have a negative side. It can actually make you more ruminative over insecurities and, you know, really make you do things that you think you would never have done if you didn't have it. So... How do we,
0: first of all, given the barrier, I suppose, of this shame barrier of acknowledging jealousy, let's start there. How do we first confront that and then maybe let's step through how we can convert our reaction from uh, perhaps something quite negative to something that might actually help us out?
1: Certainly. So the you definitely want to acknowledge that the emotion is there, acknowledge that it's okay, that it, you actually are experiencing it, and then start to explore what's causing it. That means that you're actually approaching the emotion, you're letting it be, but you're working out what you want to do with it in terms of action. And I think that's often where it goes wrong, is people experience it and then react off of it rather than working out what it might mean.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you've you worked out what it might mean, and then what do you do about it?
1: So once you work out what it means, so obviously it can have a very rational basis. Perhaps someone is doing something and you need to put boundaries in place or you need to actually communicate that there needs to be behaviour change. On the other side, assuming that it's irrational, which is the one where most people, you know, get themselves into trouble, it's often about identifying what's the underlying insecurity, what's the thing that you're trying to, you know, actually target. So for a lot of people it's around trust. And really that's about whether or not you believe that you could cope in the event something bad happened. And that's usually where I land with um, anyone that I see around it.
0: I think that leads to like another emotional minefield, doesn't it? Because then you have to confront the insecurity or whatever it is you don't feel safe about.
1: You certainly do. And so it's a really hard thing. Like I said, we experience a lot of shame around just acknowledging it. But if you understand it as some sort of vulnerability that you have underneath it will actually make you able to approach it and work it through. So a lot of people are really fearful of losing someone because it would actually have a really dramatic impact on their life and they're not certain that they could cope in the event that happened and working on that can be really helpful.
0: That's clinical psychologist Tamara Kavanagh, my guest today on Life Matters. We're talking about the big, sometimes taboo topic of feeling jealous and jealousy. Sandy has called in from Sydney. Welcome, Sandy. Uh, Do you want to talk about sibling jealousy?
2: Yeah. Hi. Um, yeah. I just had a question, I guess, um, you know, I feel like I'm the recipient of jealousy or kind of the like person who is getting it my way from my siblings. Um, and I wanted to ask what your, what your guidance is on sort of managing that where you do have like, you know, maybe a bit of challenges in the family with the relationships with the parents and, you know, my relationship is better with my parents than my siblings. And then that sort of sparks. Now, jealousy, bef- before
0: I get Tamara to jump in with some general advice for you, Sandy, could I just ask a bit of detail if you're comfortable sharing? How do you perceive the jealousy being kind of, or the 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 you know the, the a manifestation of jealous behaviour being enacted on you?
2: Yeah. So it seems that like um, arguments or um, like accusations will be sparked out of nowhere when I've spent time with my parents. And then there also seems to be often um, some assumptions that, you know, I am spending time with them and having a really lovely time with them. Like sometimes I think there's a little bit of like a perception issue that, you know, I'm having a wonderful time with them, whereas my siblings will say they they have a very difficult relationship and difficult time with them. So then that can spark, um, you know, kind of arguments or accusations or sort of like, uh, almost like nasty behaviour towards me. And, yeah, I always find it hard because I appreciate the struggle of my siblings, but I also think I need to manage my own relationships in my own way and not kind of jump into other people's wars, if mm. you like.
0: Sandy, stay on the line. I'm going to bring in Tamara. Uh, firstly, Tamara, does what you're hearing resonate? do you, Have you encountered similar situations before in the clinical environment?
1: Absolutely, and on both sides. So, you know, I've certainly um, experienced people who will talk about the fact that they feel that one of their sibling is getting more attention or having a better relationship or, you know, really connects with a parent better on certain things than they do. And then the flip side, when people have wanted a better relationship or a closer relationship and that's brought out some sibling jealousy when they see that in the other person. So definitely both sides. So Tamara, what what uh,
0: you know tools of a general nature? I'm going to emphasize that. <laughs> can you share with Sandy?
1: Yeah, look, first I would actually have really open communication about it if you can. So let your siblings actually express their feelings and concerns openly with you, and ideally with their with your parents, because it might actually allow the parents to one be aware of it and maybe even clarify some of the things that may have happened. And potentially encourage them to spend more one-on-one quality time with those so that it feels a little bit more equal, but also so they can develop an individual relationship. I think we often forget that you can have very different relationships and they can be equally as good. Um, In terms of, you know, how to manage it from there, if all of that's not positive, is to actually just, you know, allow them to have a good relationship with you acknowledge that there is differences in the relationship and really support them to overcome that or to work it through with professional help if that's what they need. Sandy, I hope that's helpful helpful for you. Do you have any follow-up questions
0: for tomorrow while you're on the line here?
2: Um, No, well, I think just um, that's really interesting. Thank you. And with follow-up professional support for those sorts of situations, do you recommend things like family therapy or what sort of things do you recommend?
1: If people are willing, family therapy can be great. Um, So, you know, obviously getting everyone in a room and able to air things with a third party is often one of the best ways to do it because you can work with everything that's present in the room and really allow everyone to have space to work things through and do it in an ongoing way. If that's not possible, I think what people don't realise is there's a lot you can do individually. So, it's not unusual for me to role play difficult conversations or to, you know, give someone the other person's point of view, which allows them to get more empathy and understanding. So, I think it can be done individually and it can be done, you know, ideally in that family group. But just if that's not possible, that isn't the only way. Sandy, I hope
0: that's been helpful and I really appreciate you calling in and sharing this morning. A couple of texts I want to throw at you, Tamara. Um Je- Julie has texted in to say, I think jealousy is largely a projection, a defence against feeling. These texts are running around on me, feeling the anger ar- under this. Feeling the anger that's directly affecting us might be a more truthful place to start. What do you think?
1: There's certainly truth to what she's saying. So, it does definitely represent fears that people have that sits underneath. So often, you know, I think I mentioned it earlier, it's around capacity to cope if that relationship ended, or if, you know, something didn't go according to plan. That's why people are desperately trying to protect it. Certainly anger does sit closely with jealousy. And I think, That's often where it can go wrong when you're responding to the anger rather than the vulnerability.
0: Okay. And a few other texts I'm going to summarize. They're basically saying that jealousy is a red flag uh, emotion in romantic relationships. One texter says, a partner tried to make me feel jealous. I doubted his love and ended it. And another texter says, jealousy is not useful at all. Run away at top speed if you see it. I once had a partner who was upset that I enjoyed a holiday without him and was jealous of the attention I paid to my dog. So there is a line, isn't there, tomorrow between what might be normal and healthy jealousy and then, of course, um, unsafe behavior
1: look there definitely is so you know jealousy in relationships does get very close to coercive control and you can see it in a lot of very unhealthy relationships so it is worth you know not just considering the positive side of it which is more motivating and getting you to do personal growth that there is this negative side where it can actually completely damage relationships it can be really unhealthy a lot of people don't realize the incredibly ruminative, which is that tossing and turning of thoughts that comes with jealousy. And that's something that people can really experience.
0: I've got another question coming in via text. Um, the question is, how do you work on the fear of whether you'll cope? I think maybe that was referring to the other feelings of insecurity that uh, jealousy might lead you to, towards recognizing
1: One technique, and, you know, it's certainly very individual when you work with this because it does depend on what people are fearing, but a lot of it is about imagining a future forward until it feels really safe, like you could cope with or without that person. That doesn't mean that you won't necessarily still appreciate them or want to be in the relationship. It just means that you have a really good picture in your head that you would be okay if it did end. It would be hard, it would be difficult, but you would come out the other side. And that can really help.
0: So in a romantic relationship, let's pause here for a little bit. If you are noticing behavior that you think is triggered by jealousy or on the flip side, you're feeling jealousy about something, jealousy about something, feeling jealous about something a partner is doing, how do you, how should you respond in in both scenarios?
1: So, it's going to depend whether it's rational or irrational, um, if it's something that you've repetitively brought up or not. Because if it's repetitive, the question is whether you bringing it up is actually damaging the relationship or whether it's helpful. Hmm. In the event that it's, you know, this first time you felt jealous over something, you can actually openly communicate it and work it through. Sometimes that will be getting reassurance from the partner. Other times, and this is, again, not an unusual thing, is to write down your own reassurance for that relationship. So look at the behaviors that the person does that really gives you comfort and using that rather than routinely getting reassurance from your partner that things are okay.
0: I've got a text here from another person who's got another question for you tomorrow. How do you deal with jealousy in a person who also has a personality trait like ADHD? Again, general advice only <laughs> go for
1: it. Look, I think it can be a real challenge with anyone um, who's having any type of ADHD because the capacity to, you know, remain in one moment can be really, really hard, but they aren't necessarily connected. So Often what happens is that there are underlying insecurities that can have resulted from not being, you know, able to do certain things or a way in which people interact. So, focus on that underlying fears and the underlying, you know, insecurities that sit beneath and when you do that, you'll be able to work with someone's fear and not their anger.
0: And. So we've talked about romantic relationships. Let's talk a little bit about family dynamics. We had that caller who asked about sibling jealousy. How common is it for jealousy to play out within family? And, and like, you know, how his, how does it – how do, I guess, the formative years and those relationships kind of play out in later years when those dynamics are set?
1: Really, really common. So it is something that people do come to see me about and do talk about. So certainly it's got a lot to do with how much attention their parents paid to certain things and certain children, of course, Um, certainly comparisons. So it's not unusual for a a comparison between two siblings on sport or on academic or other accomplishments. And when that comparison happens for one person to feel like they were singled out. And a lot of it is in the way that we encourage competition, so, there's always limited resources within a family, whether that's time, attention, finance, toys, anything like that. And that encouragement of competition rather than actually celebrating each other's wins can be really important. Mm. And birth order. Birth order. A lot in birth order. Okay. Um, let's skip over birth order just for the minute
0: because we get a lot of <laughs> people disputing us about the idea that birth order has influence when we talk about it on... Uh, the texts just really fly in on birth order, so I might just pause on that one and go to another topic, which is uh, how about the jealousy that we feel in friendship groups? Because I think that can be very complicated as well to be close to someone, to have a deep friendship with them, but then also have feelings of jealousy. It's very, very mixed and vexed, isn't it?
1: It certainly is. So in friendships, you can both want to maintain the friendship and you feel really close to them and even maybe you admire them on certain things, but you can feel really jealous over things that they have, things that they've achieved, or even friendships that they have with other people. So a lot of what I get from people is they want a certain level of friendship. So I'd like to be best friends with this person, but they don't necessarily want that from me. And so when that happens, you get a lot of jealousy over new connections that they're forming and how that might change your relationship.
0: Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because that speaks to someone's motivation for uh, wanting to cultivate a friendship.
1: It does and it can be really positive as in they just really like the person and they think that they're really great and they want that level of closeness. It also means that they can feel very threatened when they develop new friendships or when anything changes and again you can kind of see that fear of coping that sits within that I might not be able to cope if they become better friends with this person and don't need me as much. So we've got a few texts coming
0: in, and I wanna run some past you. Here's a really interesting one. Someone said, in healthy, ethical, non-monogamy circles, it's recognized that jealousy is a normal human emotion and that it can indicate a possible need for an individual uh, for reassurance. Stigmatizing jealousy is unhealthy and unrealistic. People feel it, and it's about how we as individuals move through it, either in ourselves or Or with our partner or partners. It's just another emotion we need to understand and respect it. That's from Lulu in Narm. Thanks for that text, Lulu. That was beautifully
1: written. (laughs) Yeah, what do
0: you think about that? I mean, it's a very nuanced view of jealousy.
1: Yeah, and I think it's probably that one where we try not to stigmatize the emotion as much because it is something that we typically feel shameful of, but is a really natural emotion to feel. And so, I mean,
0: these are this is that's like a the Platonic ideal of how to work through jealousy. That might seem a little bit difficult for uh, those of us listening who have not reached that point yet, because we see I see some other texts saying that jealousy um, comes from you know incorrect thinking and that it's a, a negative, a base emotion. So we're not all on the same page about how to. Perceive jealousy. What's your argument to um, people listening to? uh, I guess perhaps modify their thinking about um, what putting a value on that emotion.
1: Yeah. So I think if we separate emotions and behaviors, I think it's where you, you become a bit clearer. The emotion itself and the feeling is generally, you know, no matter what the feeling is, is always okay. And acknowledging it and letting it be there is not where problems arise it's what behaviors we do off the back of it so sometimes suppressing the emotion is just as bad and sometimes the behaviors that we engage in when we get jealous is where all the unhealthiness is so just separating those two might mean they can more clearly work with it rather than just seeing it as all negative
0: and how do we then take control of our feelings of jealousy are there questions that we should be asking ourselves on this journey
1: Certainly. So, identify the fear that's underneath. Um, You can actually provide some reassurance to yourself around that fear once you identify what it is. So, if I spoke about in that friendship example, it might be that you actually look at, you know, all the close connections you have with that person, your history, the behaviours that they do that show that you are important, and you can use that reassurance to calm your own fears and continue on the other one is that say it's in a more romantic relationship you can use it to open communication so you know again it's all about how you use it rather than the emotion itself
0: That's Tamara Kavanagh speaking, a clinical psychologist, a past president of the Australian Psychological Society, joining us to talk about this feeling of jealousy, how we identify it, how we process it, how we work with it in a healthy way. The texts are flowing in, and I've got quite a long one from uh, a texter named Steve who describes this scenario. (coughs) Excuse me. I have a friend of 42 years who is selfish in so many ways, but I love her despite it Dinner at my place, never at hers, because her dog won't leave people alone during dinner. She's comfortable. Her father left her the house she lives in, plus a property she has just sold for millions. Her son, who also was left a house, uh, no mortgage, no debt. Recently, her son put a picture of himself on Twitter, now known as X, um, of himself with his luxury car and a big bow around it. Um, Given the fact that uh, her son threatened her that he should have half the money for the property. I saw red. I sent her a text. Money really can buy happiness. I think that stemmed from jealousy. Uh, yes, that's a very interesting reflection and journey that Steve took us on, describing you know the friend's, I suppose, prosperity, and then realizing that an action uh, that he took independently might have stemmed from jealousy. Where do you think Steve can then go from now after that realization?
1: Well, I think one of the really great things is he acknowledged it and worked out that maybe that's the emotion that triggered him to do that behaviour, so I think that was really good. The next step is probably acknowledging what that might mean and doing some personal growth around his views on money and how it's obtained and his view on the friendship and, you know, the different ways that people can actually create relationships around them and possibly work on some empathy for the other person's situation because it's nothing's ever as easy as it seems. But that personal growth that he could get out of it, certainly by recognizing that emotion, could be really positive.
0: Thank you, Steve, for texting in and sharing that. I'm sure it probably wasn't easy. If you want to text in 0418 226576 or call us one 225576. What about tomorrow cabinet jealousy with a work colleague? Because then that engenders so many other structures and issues, doesn't it? But it does occur. And, you know, you can talk to a friend and try to have a healthy conversation about your relationship or a partner. These are all in the personal realm. But when jealousy goes into the work realm, it gets a bit more complicated, doesn't it?
1: It does. It's that real difficulty around how much can you say in a workplace that's not actually going to end up negatively affecting your employment. So maintaining professionalism when jealousy is triggered in a workplace can be really hard. And often what we're encouraged to do or what we feel like doing is to stoop to the level of a co-worker and engage in some negative behaviours. So, really looking at what you think you want to do in a situation where your jealousy is triggered in a workplace and who you want to be. And that's not always going to be, you know, getting that promotion or winning that recognition. Sometimes it's about the type of worker you want to be.
0: Yes, it can be um, a very tricky navigating that feeling within the workplace uh, because of all of the other factors that come into play when you are in the workplace. It's it's a really tough one. Um, I wonder, Tamara, we've talked a a huge range about the different areas and and I suppose venues of life where jealousy uh, can occur. But what is, I suppose, the through line when it comes to um, taking hold of that emotion, working through whatever feelings of shame and trying to um, come out on the other end feeling like it's okay to feel jealous. Here's what I can do to address or attend to that I guess, that red flag uh, in my own life. What do you think, despite romance, sibling, workplace, all of those things, what is the through line?
1: Through line is to recognise that there's a fear underneath. If you can find what that is and what it's on, you can start to work it through and really focus on getting emotional growth, putting boundaries in place with people and just using the emotion to really develop some of, you know, your own management of anxiety and rumination because it's got a lot of things that it can motivate you to do and invest in your relationships that can often relieve some of the jealous feelings.
0: Uh, we have a text c- back from Steve who's been listening in, uh, the text that we just read, and he's just thanking you tomorrow for your fabulous advice. So there's a little little pat on the back for you. Thank you so much for uh, answering Steve's query. Another text has come in. Uh, this text says, I witnessed a 53-year-old daughter at her mother's 80th Comment first up about her being ignored as a child because she was the middle child. This was not witnessed at the time, but she obviously now feels it. Unfortunately, uh, that has led to an eating disorder too. Complicated. Okay, well, I kind of was a bit uh, uh, hesitant to talk about birth order there, but since the texture has brought it up, Tamara, what are your thoughts about uh, birth order being brought up as a relevant detail in this scenario?
1: So I think when it comes to birth order, it is actually something that can affect. It doesn't mean that if you come in a certain order, you definitely have certain experiences. It's not set in stone, right? Let's be clear it's about not, that. It's not set in stone. But, um, you know, certainly younger siblings may get more privileges or may be allowed, you know, to do things more easily. Older siblings might be stuck with more of the responsibilities um, or may feel overshadowed by younger or vice versa. So just kind of remembering that what people are allowed to do their age and how they're treated within a family dynamic can alter how you feel around jealousy.
0: Well, let's talk about age there, because I think uh, I think back to my teenage years, I don't know, I had a lot of tumultuous feelings. I was a raging tumbleweed of feelings. And I'm sure jealousy was was in there in the mix. And now I'm a middle-aged mother. I work full-time. Tired these days. I feel differently about my feelings. It can re- where you are in life can really change. And talk thinking about that tumultuous teenage time. What is going on there? Is it brain development? Is it hormones? Is it everything? Talk a little bit about how we feel differently about jealousy or feel jealously differently in different life stages.
1: Oh, I'm going to say it's all of those. So <laughs> um, we've got hormones raging, and we all know what we can be like when hormones are triggered. You've certainly got um, a brain that is less, like it's still in development. I think a lot of people don't know that the brain's not fully developed until around 25 and then carries on doing development after that. But all of your capacity to control emotions isn't actually very strong through the teenage years. It's still in development. And that's something that can really affect how jealous you feel. But then there's identity stuff. You're still working out who you are in the world. You're much more insecure, yet often navigating first relationships. So, jealousy in those teen years can be a really heightened emotion as you're still working through it. And something that when I see teens, it does come up and they certainly experience it in a way, you know, I don't necessarily see in my adult clients.
0: Yeah, definitely. Final bit of advice as we close out this uh, conversation about jealousy tomorrow. Maybe we can uh, stay with the, the youth theme. And maybe if there are parents out there who are going through this with their kids, what advice can you offer to the parents for helping their kids work through these tumultuous feelings?
1: So communicate with them, ask them whether they're feeling it, let them know it's not shameful, no matter what emotion it is, and to help them work out what's triggering it and how they might cope with that a little bit better. So identifying those triggers and challenging any unrealistic expectations they have and putting a lot more focus on gratitude and working on trust. I think if you're really open with your children and you're really willing to discuss things and explore it, you'll usually be able to help them with your guidance no matter what.
0: Tamara Kavanagh, always a pleasure to speak to you and get your advice and your thoughts on all these big, tricky questions that we throw at you. Thank you so much for joining us on Life Matters.
1: Thanks for having me, Beverly.
2: ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.